you. My name is Terry. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, you can tell my girls are here. <laughs> um, I love the program about Bob's Anonymous. Uh, I came here um, three years ago, and uh, I've stayed ever since. And um, uh, I started out drinking occasionally at the age of 16 and um, gradually moved on to other things besides alcohol. And um, my disease uh, progressed into desperation at the age of... Uh, 34. Um, it uh, it got worse throughout the time um, after I dropped out of high school at the age of 18. I still had two years left and uh, wound up pregnant with my first son and uh, stopped drinking. Um, after my son was born, um, I continued to. Uh, um, start drinking on a on a day to day basis. Um, uh, my alcoholism drug me to the point of insanity where um, I was abusing my children. Um, my son uh, was thrown against the wall at the age of a year and a half. Um, my alcoholism alcoholism was really bad, and uh, I couldn't see um, I couldn't see that. Uh, I wound up staying at the hospital um, for four nights crying to God my higher power that uh, um, I would stop drinking and uh, using and, um, and I prayed and I prayed and I, I had quit using for three years um, and uh, um, my daughter was born and um and then uh, I slowly started going into depression and uh, started drinking more. Um, it was uh, it was sociable at first, and then it became a closet issue because my children were uh, trying to pick up after me. So uh, I would I would start drinking behind doors, and um, it got so bad that um, I switched from drinking to using drugs. Um, I got pregnant with my last daughter, and uh, I had only drank maybe once or twice out of the month, but my drug addiction had changed for the worse. I was using crack cocaine throughout my entire pregnancy. Um, it was hard for me to... Um, come to grips with uh, the insanity of, of the disease of alcoholism and, and addiction. And um, I almost gave my children up to a perfect stranger. Um, I was hearing things, seeing things, and um, I didn't understand that um, I had an addiction and it, it had to do with alcoholism and drugs. And... Uh, I just wanted to die. I thought it was within me. Um, I uh, wound up getting recovery for the first time in San Luis Obispo and uh, went to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous at the Alano Club in San Luis Obispo and started my recovery there. There I detoxed in a homeless shelter with all three of my children. And uh, my daughter being um, an addict herself, at the age of five months, um, 
she was going through withdrawals and uh, still um, she would cry in the middle of the night and I would be hard into my sleep and I wouldn't hear anything from her. So um, I had a couple, I had three run-ins with the police department in San Luis Obispo while I was living at that shelter. And um, uh, they couldn't find anything on me, you know. They couldn't find the fact that I was neglecting my children. They just continued to tell me to keep getting, you know, help. And I, and I kept telling them, I am getting help. I'm going to the rooms of alcoholics Anonymous, you know. And um, at that time, I that was the very first time I'd ever had any encounter with alcoholism in the rooms of AA. And the Alano Club saved my ass. I was so grateful to be going there every morning with all three of my children. And um, I slowly began to understand um, about the rooms. And uh, at that point in time, there was a gentleman there that uh, tried to help me in my recovery. And uh, he tried to be my sponsor. And uh, we all know that... um, you know, we respect the men. Very dearly we do, but you don't get a sponsor to the men. And I just don't do it. <laughs> the man bought me a bicycle, told me, you know, you can take your kids around on your bike, and, you know, and took me to my first concert, and um, started patting me on the ass. And I'm like, this is not the way the program's supposed to be, is it? You know, in total desperation, I'm trying to get help. And the man is trying to get into my pants. You know, and, um, you know, I I brought it to the rooms about alcohol synonymous with their attention that this gentleman was trying to do what he was doing. And, um, and uh, they suggested that I hurry and get a women's sponsor, so I did. Um, started started to hang around with the women in the program, and uh, I had her for um, a year and a half, and she relapsed on um, on on barbiturates, on pills, on painkillers, and uh, um, I never started to do the program. I never really got into it. You know, I read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It was my Bible. I'd rather read the Alcoholics Tradition to, you know, recovery than a Bible. And, um, um, the woman that saved my life was uh, a woman named Jan Stone. She was an ex-heroin addict, and she was an alcoholic. She ran, um, Central Valley uh, Recovery Service, not Central Valley Recovery Services, um, Central Coast Health Care Network. And um, she was my guide. She kept insisting that I give my children to respite care so that I can get some deeper help for my, my, my alcoholism and my addiction. And uh, I didn't want to listen to her. I thought I could manage three little children, you know, all on my own. And I'm so hard-headed and so stubborn. I had 15 days clean and sober, and I decided I needed a break from my kids. So I had asked a fellow person that was in um, the shelter with me if she would watch my children for me. She abandoned them at the Alano Club. 
and uh, I had to accept full responsibility of my actions. That day I tried to take a break. I wound up at uh, um, at Pirates Cove, and uh, I had been relaxing in the in the sun, and and I had this eerie feeling in my gut there was something wrong, and. Uh, we left the beach and went up the hill and went down the hill to Avila and started roaming the um, the pier. And there was there was police officers scattered all over the place. They were looking for me. I just had it in my gut. And uh, um, 30 minutes later, we we left there and went to to the Alano Club to go pick up my children, and they were no longer there. You know, they told me that I needed to go back to the shelter. And uh, there were some officers there waiting for me. Um, they wanted to arrest me for child abandonment, child neglect, and uh, they couldn't. They couldn't because of the simple fact my children were taken care of. They had everything that they needed, from a bottle to money in her pocket to food in their baskets and clothes on their back. They had everything, and. Um, I cried, I cried, and I relapsed. Um, it was a hard thing for me to accept that um, my children were gone, and I, I had the opportunity, but I, I gave it away. And uh, I started seeking um, help, and the uh, CWS, they put me on a, um, on a drug patch, to uh, test my levels to make sure they were lowering and I wanted an inpatient program because I knew that I was going to find drugs at no cost. Alcohol was just a step away. There was, um, I started going to parenting meetings and uh, being homeless at the, heart, at, at the heart of it all was very hard because, um, you have to be in at a certain time, and uh, and you couldn't drink and you couldn't use drugs, and um, and I wanted to do that, and uh, I couldn't do it anymore. So um, I wanted to get clean and sober for my kids. So I would try to get them back, and um, I went to an inpatient program, and I graduated with high honors. Um, I got my two oldest children back, and I graduated the program, and they suggested that I keep coming back in order to get my other child, and she was on the brink of adoption, and I wanted to use and drink all over again. Um, my first year in sobriety, um, my daughter got really ill, and... Uh, I was secretary of a of a, a a meeting there in San Luis, just down the street from my house, and uh, my daughter wound up with uh, a parasite, and uh, I almost relapsed. I came really close, you know. Um, if it wasn't for the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, I would have. They were there for me through and through. Um, you know, when they when they suggest to keep coming back and, and use those support numbers, I use them. You know, I may not have been 
you know, working in an honest program of, of recovery, but I had it in my heart that I wanted it really bad, you know, at least for my children's sake. But when I saw my daughter lethargic on the floor, losing her weight, only being a year and a half old, and I couldn't do nothing for her because I didn't have the tools to be a mother. I just, I wanted to drink, you know, and I was doing the dry run. Um, her, the old foster mother came and picked her up and took her to uh, Templeton Hospital and started to, they tried to find a vein for her and they poked that little child all over the body. She cried and she cried. She had three bags of uh, fluids pumped into her and all the ladies could tell me was that she was angry with me for not keeping an eye on my daughter. And um, I felt so guilty and shameful of it that um, I held the resentment against her. And um, I had uh, my second year birthday, and everything was wonderful. You know, I was on that pink cloud, like everybody said, and, you know, I was dealing with my uh, depression, and I was on mental health depression drugs, and, um, but I, the weird thing about it was I don't remember the days. All I remember was laying in my bed, you know, um, I was an anti-socialist, I wasn't able to get out and about, but I was clean and sober for the first time for two years, and, um, I don't remember getting my children off to school, um, it just left me in a daze, but I was I was grateful that I was being a secretary and, and having a commitment to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, and um, at two years and five months, I relapsed on alcohol. It was New Year's, and somebody had told me that I couldn't do something. I couldn't go out to the bars. I couldn't go drink, and I had two years and five months clean and sober. And what gave this man the right to tell me what I can and cannot do, I allowed him to have that, you know, that, that right to tell me. And uh, I ignored him, you know, and I got drunk. And it, it was on, it was on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> I started drinking and using for seven more years. And until desperation worked, I had almost killed myself out there this last time around, and I swore to my, myself that I would never be homeless again with my children. I've been homeless nine times with my children. Um, it was hard for me to accept my alcoholism <coughs> until this last time around. I remember days and nights and and certain things now because it makes me so proud that um, that I'm a recovering alcoholic and an addict and I no longer have to have mental health drugs to keep me sane today as long as I I don't pick up and drink and I don't pick up and use I don't carry a diagnosis of bipolar medic depressive suicidal tendencies with post-traumatic stress disorder <laughs> 
so grateful today. You know? I'm so grateful today. The insanity of mental illness is just, it's crazy. You know? It's crazy. And I, and I, I, I have to give it to this program. Because if it wasn't for everybody, all these people being on this wall, I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for these ladies in recovery, I wouldn't be here today. Um, when I first got into this program again for the second time, I knew I was done. My kids had been in the foster home for six months, and I was still out there homeless and drinking. My last drink, I remember the time and the date. It was May the 15th at 1.58 a.m. That was my last drink. And I will never forget that. Because I remember how ill I was when I came into this program. Because I wanted to die. The disease took me to the point of insanity that I will never look back and say that I was proud of it. Because I'm not. It was an insane part of my life that I will never forget. It disgusts me to think that I, the disease of alcoholism in addition to talking the whole of my life and my children's life and everybody that was around me at the time of my life. And I had a week sober and clean when I got in here and I found my sponsor. Most of you know her. She's the barroom alcoholic. And I'm so proud today that she is my sponsor. And I work a program of recovery and I've worked those steps. I work them on a daily basis. And I'm humble today because of my addiction. And my recovery has made me the woman that I am today. If it wasn't for this program being here, this mono club, I would not have been able to get clean and sober at all. I would still be out there or I would be dead. Every time my sponsor would come to the house, I would hear her car door shut and I'd be off and running. I'd be running to her like a Sponchawawa, she would tell me. She told me I was her Sponchawawa. <laughs> and I, I respectfully said, why, why are you calling me that? Because every time I came, you were out that door before I, I even got across the driveway. You were running to beat, beat the other sponsor that she had at the time. There was two of us. There was one at New Visions and one at me. It was one of me. <laughs> but I, I, I swore there was multiple of me because I couldn't stay still for nothing. I was off and running during the day, you know. I was up and ready by 5 o'clock, you know. When they give you that time in the morning to get ready, get dressed, and go for your walk, I was stressed. I was stressed and on the go. I was ready. I could have handled everybody's chores. Because that's how I was, you know, and I had to sign in and out while I was doing yard hours. 
You know, that's how how awesome this program is. It helps you be accountable for your actions. What you do on a day-to-day basis from one minute to the next minute. And when I first got here, I saw David Looper. And I wanted what he had. Those days, those days, clean and sober, that Bible that he carries around about, that Bible is alcoholics anonymous, and that's what, what I wanted, you know, a lot of you, a lot of you people have, have had a huge impression on my life, and you'll, and you'll know because I'll tell you one day, I'll tell you what you've done to me, you've helped me change my ways, you've helped me to be grateful for what I have today, and that's another minute clean and sober. You know, I'm not going to say that I, I run a, a perfect program of recovery. By all means, we don't. And I don't. But I try really hard. I try extremely hard to watch my P's and my Q's through this program because I, I know that there are so many eyes upon me. You know, this is a social model program on the outskirts of, of the, the program that I work for. And... Whenever we go into the midst of this community, people see us. You know, they they look at us sometimes in shameful eyes. How could you dare be an alcoholic? How could you dare be an addict? You know, it's not like we requested that when we were born. You know? So, if it was... If I had to live my life over, I would do it all the same. I have no regrets. Because if I had changed anything in my life, I wouldn't be the person I am today. May God bless you. You're welcome. You know, there were several times I had gotten in trouble when I was in the recovery home. And I was on on house realignment and restrictions just like everybody else. And one of those times when I was in trouble... There was a young lady there in detox at New Visions that changed my life. She helped. She listened to me. She heard my story. And she was supposed to be here tonight. And I, I give her a lot of props for what she's doing. She's still staying clean and sober. And that's, it gives me goosebumps all over to know that I played a part in her life and she's still clean and sober today. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, when I look across everybody's face and, and I, I can point you out at one point in time, a meeting that I had come across and you have changed something in me, you know. The strength that I carry today is due to this thing. I carry five, I have five sponsors today and they are all over me. Oh my God. There isn't a moment that doesn't go by and they want me, you know, and they exhaust me. They wear me out. I thought my sponsor, I've done that to her, but Lord have mercy upon me, you know. I, I'm trying to teach these girls a program of recovery and, and help them to understand the 12 steps and 12 traditions and and they're not getting it, you know, life on life's terms is, is difficult, yes, I can accept that today. And I'm so grateful that um, 
every time I turn around, I meet somebody new in this program. And you make a difference in my life. And I'm just, I'm ever so grateful. You know, if anybody's grateful, I'm grateful. I'm on call 24-7 for my program, you know. I don't hang up that phone at all. I rarely don't have it with me, like right now, because I didn't want the distraction, you know. And uh, when I when I had seen all my girls from CVRS go up tonight, I didn't know what I had gotten myself into tonight. <laughs> I, I was thinking, gosh, you guys aren't normally here. Aren't you guys over at the other place? You know, at the Ice House? And they're like, yeah, but they moved it to here tonight. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I talked to Bill, and Bill had brought us to my attention that, yes, we normally are over there. And by the grace and mercy of God, I, he, they brought me here. And I would have never shared at the ice house. It's just too big. That's too big. Way too big for me. I could deal with the alumni at Senior Citizen, but the ice house, I've seen those meetings in the recovery that goes on over there, and that's some mean stuff. <laughs> I love it. But for me to be sharing my experience, strength, and hope with you people today, it just... I have a warm, fuzzy part in my stomach because this is my home, you know. AA is my home. And to come in here and see my sponsor on that wall makes me so proud that she is my sponsor today. I don't have my, my name on this wall. It's not that I don't have any reservations. It's that I have this high hope this hope and the strength that I'll just keep coming back in and eventually get up there one of these days. You know, and um, it probably won't be by me. You know, it'll be probably one of my sponsees, knowing them. You know, that puts it up there. You know, and I'm grateful, you know, because I made a difference in their life. And, uh, um, Yesterday was a very cryly day for me. You know, two people that I care about were going through some ordeals. And it devastated me to see things happen in their life the way they do. And I tried beyond the ability of me to um, make things work out. You know, we want things so bad in our life to go right. And... In desperation, sometimes they don't. Like the close friend of ours just died. And I can't bear to lose another alcoholic or an addict in this room. It devastates me because we need this recovery. But to die clean and sober is a great honor. And that's what I want in my life. I want to die clean and sober. I don't have... Everybody has a run, one more run in them. But do we have another recovery? I don't think I do. Because the brink of insanity will drive me mad. I will lose everything all over again. And it goes by even faster.
So um, today has been a hopeful day. My house is clean. <laughs> and if anybody knows me, and especially my sponsees, how devastatingly a tornado would run through my house on occasion. And it's the worst place in the world to be at in my house. But who shows up all the time? Everybody. <laughs> they got to go to Carrie's house. But um, it got cleaned today by the grace and mercy of God. Thank you so much that it got cleaned. I wash dishes. <laughs> I don't wash dishes. <laughs> I don't wash laundry. I don't do anything like that. You know, I'm constantly running for the program. You know, I'm running to save some other alcoholic or addict in desperation. Because that's what, how my addiction and my, my alcoholism took me. It took me on a great big run. It was real hard for me to get here. So I do that in my recovery. I apply myself just like I did when I was out there. You know, full force. And when anybody calls me, I'm there, you know. And today I had to say, no, I can't. I got to do this for myself, you know. Very seldom do I say, no, I can't, you know. I'm always saying yes. And uh, I'm grateful today. And... um Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody have any questions? Anybody? What's the next tradition? Oh, I like the eleventh tradition. I I'm terrible with memorizing. That would have been a good one though. You got me. How about this? Uh, some people talk about how the uh, going through the, the 12 steps uh, opens our eyes to the things that we can see before. Do you have an example of how uh, maybe going through the steps has made you aware of, of a, a truth that you just didn't see before? Yes. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. That's how this program works. And it says it in the first step, you know, being powerless over our alcoholism and our life has become unmanageable. And how working these steps has changed my life. And I would definitely say it's opened my mind to suggestions. I've become willing to go to any lengths to getting my, re- my recovery and to be honest at all costs, whether it hurts myself or it hurts others. And, and I believe that's, that's how the, the 12 steps are called me. Anybody else? Yes. How are your children doing? Oh, oh my goodness. I have custody of two of them, and I'm still striving to get my third one back. She is the one that was the DEI that was crack, crack addicted. And uh, I get her every other weekend, you know, by the... I'm so I'm grateful for that, and it still devastates me to let her go. But I still get her every one, every other weekend. Anything else? Anybody?
clean my house. Sorry. I'm sorry. These girls in the program, my mother and I, they give me my food. They give me food on like every other day, and my refrigerator gets so stocked with their leftovers that <laughs> I never have time to cook because I've always eaten their leftovers. <laughs> so finally, I cook dinner tonight, and I clean house, and I was productive in my recovery today for me and my family. So. That's a very big first for me, you know? And it's, I, I'm, I'm still busy. I, I never, I'm never at home. I know you do. <laughs> I, love, I love you too, girl. I'm planning to bring the first
and um, I'm still becoming uh, more involved in, in the community and uh, try to give it back, you know, because I was given so much. And, and a huge part of my recovery, I, I see somebody sponsored here tonight, and Lefty made a huge impact spiritually in my life that I will never forget. She helped me to realize that um, don't get involved with men <laughs> and uh, don't play around with fires. The men in, uh, in recovery are just as sick as you are. And, and, and I love her so much for that, you know? I love her. It's, it's a respectful thing, you know what I mean? And I, and I like that. It's made me into a dignified woman today. And um, if it wasn't for her encouraging words, I wouldn't have been here. Yeah, David. I know the answer to this. How long did you think you were sober in here? And you knew it was God gave her Um, When did God enter in my life? Or my heart? You got sober I've always had him in my heart. Ever since I was baptized at... Um, at 14, and I grew up, I was born here in Visaya, I was raised here, I went to, uh, at the time it was Visaya First Baptist Church, but now it's Gateway, and um, I don't go there anymore, you know, and now I go to Warehouse, I go to Warehouse, it's an off-branch of uh, um, Crossroads, and I'm there, and I, I'm, I've got myself involved with the homeless, because that's where I don't want to be again today. You know, every aspect of my life, I apply it in a, the same way as if I was homeless. You know, I'm not anymore. So now I get to go and interact with the people who are homeless. You know, um, I'm not saying I'm bringing home all the homeless or anything. But, you know, I, my, there's a big part of my heart that God has put on there that, you know, just to befriend them and know that they're, you know, they're loved. And um, I can accept that as, as God in my life. The reason I ask you if you're a senior and you're not here is because I know that in two weeks, your complexion and eyes, everything about you has changed. Two weeks, two weeks, but you know that in my heart and soul. Thank you, David. Right. That's right. I love it. I just want to ask you to do one more thing. Um, can you tell us how other people are needed to be of service to some of the people you serve? Do we need more drivers? Do we need more people to take meetings over to uh, homes? What, 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 what can people do to help? What can I do? Sponsor. We need more sponsors out there. I don't, you know, if, if you've already passed your third step, you know, go out there and sponsor somebody because it's a heavy load that I'm carrying myself. Take him on five. You know, these are five active women. I have one in, in jail right now. And um, and I have two out there still. So um, we need more sponsors really bad. You know, just a little bit of time out of your day. An hour and a half at the most a week. You know, to, to give back to the ladies that really desperately need some help. You know, going to um, the recovery home and sharing your experience, drinking a hope on Monday, Tuesday night, you know, at the um, New Visions meeting. You know, we need more women to show up there. 
you know, because we need to see that besides here and, and that the ladies come here and share their experience, strength, and hope, we need to hear it in there, too. And that, that's my home meeting, you know, is it, new visions. So that's what we can do. Thank you. Thank you.